Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Zhu Tianlu. Coming up in this edition, the Czech Republic has declared a day of national mourning as the nation reels in its worst mass shooting ever, as 14 people have been killed. Ecuador's new president Daniel Noboa has embarked on an economic overhaul. And relief efforts are on the way for over 145,000 people affected by Monday's quake in northwest China. We begin in Europe. The Czech Republic saw its worst mass shooting on Thursday after 14 people were killed by a gunman at a Prague university. The government has declared a day of national mourning on Saturday for the victims. The incident also left 25 others injured at Charles University's Faculty of Arts. Police said the 24-year-old gunman was a student. The shooter was found dead, and the police said he may have killed himself. An investigation is underway, and the police have found a huge cache of weapons in the faculty building. The incident prompted evacuations in the area and a massive response by heavily armed police. On Saturday, flags at official buildings will be flown at half mast, and people will observe a minute's silence at noon. Police says the shooting could be linked to another murder case. Johannes Plechberger has more from Prague. Police again confirmed that there are at least 14 victims uh, and at least 20 people have 25 people have been injured uh, during this tragic shooting. So the 24-year-old gunman entered this uh, university building here in the Czech capital in Prague, and he randomly shot at people. It is not clear yet whether he was uh, eliminated by security forces or whether he committed suicide. But he is, let's say, the 15th victim of this tragic event or the 15th uh, uh, dead person. Now, this has been the worst、um, mass shooting in the. History of the Czech Republic, but according to authorities, there is so far no link to terrorism, and there is no sign of an accomplice. So it seems that he has been acting on his own. People I've spoken to so far, they all seem very shocked.、Uh, they didn't express、uh, many emotions. They just had a very shocked、uh, face and and looked at me. Oh, you're going to this place.、Um, Yeah, they just look very sad, and a lot of people lit、uh, candles over there.、Uh, they are mourning, obviously, as well as the Prime Minister Petr Pavel, who expressed、uh, sadness and helpless anger, as he put it. But he also asked the、uh, population and the media to not、uh, make any ex-、uh, hasty criticism、um, to the police forces. So we know that. Also, the father of the gunman has been killed, and the the gunman is suspected to have also killed two other people a week ago. The police、uh, knew about that, but they didn't suspect、uh, the 24-year-old gunman yet. Now,、um, the police has been tipped off uh, that uh, the 24-year-old is was set to go to the university. And kill himself, but the police evacuated the wrong faculty building, so not this one, but a different one. And they just, when they heard about the shots fired, they they ran over there, but they were too late. That was Johannes Plechberger on the university shooting in Prague. In the Middle East, 
The Israel-Palestine conflict is now nearing its twelfth week. British Foreign Secretary David Cameron has visited Egypt for talks aimed at securing a possible ceasefire in Gaza. Britain has been calling for what it describes as a sustainable ceasefire. Egypt has been a mediator in the Israel-Hamas conflict. It helped broker the last hostage exchange last month. Adela Maruki reports from Cairo. British Foreign Minister David Cameron arrived in Cairo on Thursday for talks on a possible ceasefire in Gaza. He first met Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi before holding more in-depth discussions with Foreign Minister Sameh Shukri. The two said they're coordinating efforts seeking to secure the release of hostages still being in Gaza, ensure a wider reach of aid to the Palestinians and help in brokering a sustainable ceasefire. In terms of what Britain is doing, is we're saying very clearly to Israel, they have to obey international humanitarian law, they should minimize the number of civilian casualties, and let me be frank, I want this conflict to end as soon as possible. What we need is a sustainable ceasefire. Yemen's Houthis have been attacking vessels at the Bab al-Mandab Strait to show support to the Palestinians, threatening a massive interruption in global supply chains and Egypt's Suez Canal. The two countries also focused their talks on efforts to secure navigation in the Red Sea. Cameron's visit came at the same time that Ismail Haniyeh, the leader of the Palestinian resistance group Hamas, held talks with the Egyptian intelligence chief. Egypt is trying to push for a second round of a ceasefire. Haneya's statements, however, do not indicate that a deal is imminent. He says Israel's talks about a future for Gaza without Hamas are delusional and that no exchange of hostages will take place without a ceasefire. Obstacles to the talks primarily come from the Israeli side. Israel wants the release of all Hamas hostages, but is offering only a few hours of ceasefire, which means that it aims to continue its bombardment and proceed with an unfortunate plan to forcefully migrate Palestinians in Gaza to Egypt and other countries to terminate the two-state solution and end any hope to resolve the Palestinian crisis. Egypt is working with Arab and Islamic nations on a Security Council resolution that aims to approve a wider flow of aid into Gaza. On Thursday, Shukri said that more than 70 countries are so far supporting it. We've been working on this resolution for a month now. It is primarily a humanitarian decision. It focuses on managing this conflict and increasing the volume of aid to face the humanitarian catastrophe in the Gaza Strip. More than 20,000 people have been killed, among them around 8,000 are children. 70% of buildings have been destroyed and health facilities have been targeted. Continuing these efforts, leaders from Palestinian Islamic Jihad are coming to the Egyptian capital next week to secure stronger support for Egypt's mediation efforts. That was Adele El Maruki in Cairo. In South America... Ecuador's new president, Daniel Noboa, is seeking to overhaul the country's stagnant economy by selling gold reserves, cutting costs and maybe seeking more international loans. Dan Collins reports. Ecuador's new leader, Daniel Noboa, is hoping to come good on the campaign promise to reboost the country's flagging economy. Last week, the country's youngest ever president said his government will cut $1 billion in public spending and seek loans from multilateral organizations. The 35-year-old son of one of Ecuador's richest men added it was time to take advantage of high international gold prices and sell off central bank reserves. 
There were reserves that had a very low purchase value, and now gold is at a record. It's a good moment to sell, to sell gold, and it's not that it will bring down reserves. The profit generated by the central bank, the profit that won't bring down reserves, this can be used for the internal debts that we have today. He said selling the gold that makes up nearly half of the bank's total of $5 billion in international reserves could raise some $300 million. Naboa, who was elected in October on the promise to create jobs and boost foreign investment, said additional savings would come from spending cuts. Ecuador has huge foreign debts, owing more than $47 billion. And as of last year, it has a $6.5 billion loan program with the IMF. The International Monetary Fund does what it has to do. It's always the formula. Raise taxes, reduce state expenditure, also reduce subsidies, which automatically makes national production less competitive. Neboa said he would balance foreign debt obligations with the needs of Ecuadorians. Some workers' unions protested over what they see as government austerity measures. Neboa said his number one priority is combating violent crime, driven by drug gangs which often operate from inside prisons. We have received international assistance and financing, partly from Israel, partly from French companies, partly from the United States, to be able to carry out the Phoenix plan. For us, prisons are one of the focal points, and we should eliminate the overcrowding. In recent years, Ecuador has experienced one of the highest rates of violent crime, and employment has barely recovered since the COVID-19 pandemic. Naboa, who will complete the term of former President Guillermo Lasso, who resigned to avoid impeachment, will have just a year and a half to make his changes. That was Dan Collins on Ecuador's economy. Now turning to Africa. The number of deaths in Guinea's oil depot explosion has climbed to 23. The government is still investigating the cause of the incident. It warns that the scale of destruction may have repercussions for the wider population. Nick Madimba reports. The blast sprayed over a radius of more than a kilometer, devastating everything in its path. Although the fire was contained, it destroyed buildings and houses, leaving hundreds of families homeless and dependent on charity. I woke up around midnight to use the toilet. While heading towards the bathroom, I heard a loud noise and noticed that the houses were collapsing. As I picked up my three children, a brick fell on my feet. We observed three objects flying over our houses, which may have caused the destruction. There is talk of an accident, but it was not accidental. We urged the government to relocate the fuel depot and assist us in finding new homes as ours have been destroyed. This area, which has been hit the hardest, is a popular neighborhood with a large number of residents, including pregnant women, nurses and children. Due to the situation, they have been evacuated to the suburbs. Currently, many of us have nowhere to sleep and are forced to sleep outside. Those who emerged and scathed may still be at risk after breathing contaminated air. In addition to carbon dioxide, combustion of this type also releases other toxic particles into the environment. These particles can cause illness and harm to the body. 
Therefore, we do not recommend consuming fatty foods in such circumstances. For instance, milk can facilitate diffusion of these toxic particles to other organs that are rich in fat. Thus, these particles will accumulate in the lungs and brain, causing health problems that were not identified at the time of the disaster. To prevent these, we ask people to pay attention to their diet. The cause of the fire is yet to be determined. However, the government is probing the possibility that the incident may have been the result of arson. Service stations were temporarily closed across the country over concerns of fuel shortages. Guinea imports refined oil products, which were mostly stored in the burnt-down terminal before being distributed across the country on trucks. That was Nick Madimba on the oil terminal explosion in Guinea. Finally, in China, a local construction company in northwest China is setting up hundreds of makeshift homes after a powerful earthquake struck the region earlier this week. In addition to settling new shelters, people at the settlement site near the epicenter in Gansu province are also marking winter solstice with dumplings, which is the traditional food for this occasion in most parts of northern China. Chen Ziyuan tells us more. You can hear the noise. It's pretty loud here because today is the winter solstice uh, festival here, a special uh, festival for Chinese uh, to celebrate the winter. And people are waiting for dumplings here. Um, however, I'm holding some of the dumplings here. Um, 600 grams of dumplings are delivered to this specific location with 44 households. And behind me here are some of the cardboards that are being set up, hosting about 300 people here. Um, I actually talked to the official who are in charge of the Maypur village. He said that around 4,770 people are staying in this village. And uh, so far, the uh, construction bureau will deliver 500 carbon carbonate here. We're expecting more efforts to come into this location. Meanwhile, people are waiting in lines for dumplings um, to celebrate a special day. And also, the food supply here are uh, pretty uh, enough here at this location specifically there are also for example packages of ramen noodles um, being uh, delivered to their cabinets and kids especially elderly are some of the majority of the family members that stay in this village so uh, this is the current situation here we're expecting to see the 500 cabinet uh, handed over to the village committee um, but the, the construction is still going on that was Chen Ziyuan on the aftermath of the earthquake in northwest China Recapping today's headlines, the Czech Republic has declared a day of national mourning for the victims of its worst mass shooting ever. 14 people have been killed by a lone gunman. Ecuador's new president, Daniel Noboa, has embarked on an economic overhaul. And relief efforts are underway for over 145,000 people affected by Monday's quake in northwest China. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Zhu Tianlu. Thank you for listening.